0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk.
1: His glory
0: I will see. I will empty. Welcome to Text Talk. We're so glad that you've joined us for our continuing conversation in Acts 24. I'm looking forward to the reading today as we jump right into the middle of Turtle's Accusations. Edwin, what is our text for today?
1: We're going to be reading from Acts chapter 24, beginning at verse 5. We're going to read all the way through Paul's defense to verse 21. So I am going to be starting with Turtles. In the middle of his speech. We'll be right in the middle of his speech. Okay. For we have found this man a plague, one who stirs up riots among all the Jews throughout the world and is a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, but we seized him. By examining him yourself, you will be able to find out from him about everything of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in the charge, affirming that all these things were so. And when the governor had nodded to him to speak, Paul replied, Knowing that for many years you have been a judge over this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. You can verify that it is not more than twelve days since I went up to worship in Jerusalem. And they did not find me disputing with anyone or stirring up a crowd, either in the temple or in the synagogues or in the city. Neither can they prove to you what they now bring up against me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept. And there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. So I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man. Now, after several years, I came to bring alms to my nation and to present offerings. While I was doing this, they found me purified in the temple, without any crowd or tumult. But some Jews from Asia, they ought to be here before you to make an accusation, should they have anything against me. Or else let these men themselves say what wrongdoing they have found when I stood before the council. Other than this one thing that I cried out while standing among them, it is with respect to the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you this day. The Apostle Paul speaks very well in his own defense. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I I couldn't help as I was reading through that to think in our own modern day and age about you have the right to to an attorney. (laughs) Yeah. And Paul didn't get that. He He defended himself.
0: I see a fulfillment here in the promise that Jesus gave to His apostles that when they would be called upon to speak in synagogues or before kings, that they need not fear or worry, but that the words will be supplied at that time by the Holy Spirit. And um, surely we are witnessing the fulfillment of that of that promise even at this time. So one of the things that um, I guess, jumps out at me, and I appreciate the reading very well, uh, is that you're giving the accusations, or we get into the reading with the accusations of Tertullus, or a.k.a. Tertullus, <laughs> that uh, that he's a plague, that he's a robberizer, he's starting riots everywhere he goes. And Paul just succinctly, point by point, uh, disputes every single charge, and then at the end says, hey, if there's anything to this, Where's the witnesses? Why don't they come forward? You know, if, if I started a, a riot, then let the Jews from Asia tell what problem there was. If, if there was some awful thing I did in the council, let's hear about that. Because everything he said is just a bunch of name-calling. Um, It's almost like, will the real Paul please stand up?
1: (laughs) Well, as we pointed out yesterday, false accusations abound when you're teaching the truth, when you're living the gospel, when you're teaching the gospel. It is not something that produces a lot of goodwill with the people who want to reject the gospel. But on the flip side, so yesterday we had this presentation that just talked about the fact that if people aren't angry at us if they're not getting upset at us maybe we're not doing it right but mm. that can that can lead to a wrong-headed idea that i'm supposed to go out and purposefully be doing things to get people mad at me and angry at me and and we don't find paul doing that we don't find paul out disputing with people we don't find paul out stirring up trouble we don't find paul out causing riots. In fact, while there were some riots that surrounded Paul when he was on his missionary journeys, Paul didn't start any of the riots. It was always the opponents that started them. Paul, we don't actually find Paul disputing. Mm -hmm. We do find Paul reasoning. Mm -hmm. We find Paul debating. And I often make a distinction between a dispute and a debate or a dispute and a reasoning. A dispute is when I'm trying to prove I'm right. Debate or reasoning is when together we're trying to figure out what's right. Maybe a fine line. Sometimes debates and reasoning turn into disputing, but I think those are the differences. It's it's one thing to be in an argument that's just about me trying to prove me right. It's another thing for you and I to be going back and forth because we are together as we challenge one another trying to get to what is right. That's what we find Paul doing.
0: And I appreciate that so much. I think um, that um, nuance of thought. uh, I know sometimes, depending on which translation you're reading, you will find a word in one translation rendered reasoned, and in another place, it's rendered dispute. And so sometimes in English, the translators view those interchangeably. Mm. Uh, But, you know... To what purpose, to what end goal? The Apostle Paul was not trying to capture, you know, self-aggrandizement or put others down. He is declaring that Jesus is the Christ, died for our sins, rose again, that there is the way. All right, this movement of disciples following Jesus Christ, a church. uh, And that's what he's a champion of. That's what he's a champion of. And that's the message that uh, got the pushback and stirred up the persecution. What I'm reading here, or as you read so well for us, Paul making his statement and the contrast here that, no, he was not acting out of line. And yet here he is suffering reviling and persecution. Think about the passage in First Peter. I think about that instruction the Holy Spirit gives in First Peter chapter 3. And verse 13, where Peter wrote to the saints, And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. Here we have repeated that beatitude idea, that blessing idea of suffering for righteousness sake. Verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Boy, that's the apostle Paul right here, isn't it? This man is on trial, giving his defense, giving his reason. Verse 16, having good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. And that's the Apostle Paul being reviled for good conduct. And I think the shame of it is he can say at this moment before Governor Felix, if I've done this thing, then produce the witnesses? Where are the Jews from Asia? Where, you know, what did I say before this council? Oh, oh, except for this, I did declare there is a resurrection.
1: (laughs) Well, kind of piecing together yesterday and today and getting the two sides of, of what's being presented here so that we don't go to one extreme or the other, we pointed out yesterday that folks will make false accusations what we need to learn today is they better be false accusations
0: hey yeah Yeah,
1: learning that folks will get angry with us and that if they're not uh, i might be doing it wrong we might take from that and pursue an action that really does deserve accusation and so if i really am being an arrogant self-righteous jerk wagging my finger in people's faces mistreating them stirring up trouble trying to make people angry that's not a false accusation, and that was Peter's point. You know, yeah. these need to be false accusations. Don't don't let it be true accusations. Right. I need to understand when I'm faithfully following the Lord, I won't be doing anything that's worthy of an accusation, but I'll get them anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, in First Peter chapter four and verse fifteen, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody and other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. There's not a permission at all to violate um, the doctrine of Christ and then say, oh, it's because I'm a Christian. Well, you are acting like a Christian. That's why you got in trouble (laughs) versus those that are keeping the faith like the apostle Paul and persecution and false accusations come their way.
1: Okay, so I'm going to hit the softball on this one, and that's social media. Ooh. I think it is so easy to violate this on social media. When you and I are looking at each other in the face, eye to eye, there's mm-hmm. there's almost a personal accountability that helps mitigate some of this, mm-hmm. though we can violate it face to face. And mm-hmm. I know I have violated it face to face. But on social media, behind the computer screen, I can almost get into a mindset of forgetting I'm talking to other human beings, other people, people made in the image of God. And I'm just out there to just prove my point, to make the snarky comment, to get the amens from my echo chamber and I can say to be the busybody in other people's matters to be the busybody <laughs> in other people's matters yeah. and and I I fear that I've done this and I fear that I see this even in Christians as as we are just stirring up trouble we're putting a post that is particularly intended to again get the pats on the back from our echo chamber and to upset hurt make mad folks who are on the other side one of the big problems is with social media. We like to think that maybe social media is the place where we're going to get people to agree with us, but actually it's a media of self-expression.
0: Yeah. So one of the big words, buzzwords, I think was so much social media is the conversation. Let's get into the conversation. Um, And well, where does that happen in the comments? Man, that's like trollsville down in the comments, man. And so it's actually not a tool that promotes conversation uh, very well.
1: Not usually, yeah.
0: It's a fantastic tool, right? For self-expression, as you said, for declaration. It's a place where I talk, It's not really a place where much listening goes on.
1: I don't want to get every every Christian off of social media because I feel like the truth needs to be out there on social media. I guess what I want to encourage myself, you, and everyone involved in social media is I have to be bending over backwards to make sure that when people find me on social media, they find me like Paul was found here. They find me Mm. purified. Mm -hmm. I understand that Paul here is talking about a ritualistic purification according to the law. I'm thinking about being pure in Christ. Mm -hmm. They find me purified. They find me with pure motives, with pure intentions, with pure words, Mm -hmm. with pure attitudes. Not only do they find me purified, but I need to be bending over backwards to make sure that they don't find me in disputes. Maybe at times we will reason, and that can happen, and it can happen well sometimes. But I I need to understand that the medium itself— is is really opposed to that, which makes it much harder. That means I have to be working even more intently Mm -hmm. to make sure I'm above board and glorifying God when I am on social media. Mm -hmm. It's not just social media, though. It's in my preaching. It's in my teaching. It's in one-on-one. It's face-to-face. But we need to be found like Paul is found. We're still going to get false accusations. But they need to be false maybe accusations. False. Absolutely.
0: Appreciate so much the conversation that we've been having about Acts chapter 24 today. We'd love to know your thoughts um, reading Acts 24 along with us, or maybe some other things that you're coming across in the scriptures. Send us an email text talk at ChristiansmeetHere.org. Text talk at
1: ChristiansmeetHere.org. Before we sign off, let's have prayer. Edwin? God in heaven, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for holding our hand as we face the false accusations of those who are in the world around us. And Father, strengthen us by the grace of your son Jesus and the power of your Holy Spirit that we will be found as Paul was found, that we will be found purified, that we will be found not disputing or stirring up trouble, but that we will be found worshiping, honoring, and glorifying you We understand that folks will still falsely accuse us, and we need your strength. But in those moments, we rejoice, knowing that's what happened to Paul, knowing that's what happened to your son, Jesus, knowing that's what happened to all the faithful prophets before them. May we continue on in that. May we not back away from it because of false accusations, but may we neither pursue people being angry at us as if that's the method either. Help us, Father, to walk that line of glorifying you and people reacting however they're going to react. May we hold on to you. Be with us, preserve us, strengthen us. We love you so much, Father. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org.